Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on. There we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, Luigi Aron. I am Mr. Luigi Mario's cousin. Uh, call me what Leroy yeah Leroy <laughs> super Leroy I'm the I'm the other Mario bro they don't talk about um let's see here we are wow we hit a 16,000 plays officially that's what's up we're in Matthew chapter 3 Matthew chapter 3 and let's actually skip over all right we go I read now the New Living Translation. Only the people that are watching this on video know what I'm talking about because I got my Luigi hat on. I thought about putting the full costume on. But I was like, man, I ain't about to do all that. But at least for my Uber riders, I'm going to at least wear the hat. Um, <laughs> maybe help me get some, get some more tips. So I ain't doing the whole costume. Uh, I don't have my kids this weekend, so... They'll do all that trunk or treat stuff with their their mom. All right, John the Baptist prepares the way. In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The message still applies today. The kingdom of heaven is... The hard thing for us to fathom as humans is we're eternal beings, right? So... My eternal soul. There's a version of myself that's in the future that. Yeah, my eternal soul in heaven, seated at the right hand of the father. That can like see this version of Aaron right now is kind of like when you think about it, it's very philosophically deep and might trip you out a little bit. But. um and my counselor, he explains it best as you get like when you're a kid, it feels like Christmas takes forever to come around. Right. But as an adult, it feels like Christmas like was this last month. Like it comes. Things start happening quicker time. Yeah. It's people talk about their kids feel like they grow up so fast. Yeah. Time feels like it's speeding up because your time is becoming more and more compressed. Like, you know, like there's some the sense in your eternal soul that your finite earthly body is coming to a close at any moment. You know, some of us get 60 years, some of us get 40 years, some of us get 80 years, some of us didn't even make it into our 20s. But anyway, yes. So when it says the kingdom of heaven is near, from an eternal perspective, it's like tomorrow. It's like life is a vapor, it's a blip. And the more you think about that with that, kind of mindset that this could be my last day when you go out um not in a pressure way not in a fearful way not in a like oh i need to go you know because some people they get into this like somehow yeah it's you can go down it's a slippery slope of attitudes like these extreme attitudes it's like no just rest you know but like be aware like at any moment the kingdom of heaven is near like and it's interesting too it's near in as in in the relation it's near in that there's this invisible realm that we can't even see that's going on right now 
our eyes are just blind to it. Anyway, I can go down a deep philosophical rabbit hole about just that phrase right there. The kingdom of heaven is near. That will preach. The prophet Isaiah, like you could literally preach a whole sermon on just that one phrase. Repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. But uh, let's just keep going. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. Mm. That actually happened when he started with Jesus. Eventually we're going to read about him riding on a donkey. But let's not jump ahead. Verse 4. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair. And he wore a leather belt around his waist. For he ate locusts and wild honey. There's like a whole song about this if you want to Google it. It's like, his name will be John with camel skin on. He'll lead the way. I don't know. Go Google it. It's a song about John the Baptist. Or what is that one song? Uh, John the Rebel later. I don't even know who sings that, but some old country song singer. All right. For he ate and locusts and wild honey. People from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. You brood of snakes, he exclaimed, who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned. So God, that is very convicting. It's one thing um, to say that we're sorry you know, to God and say we'll never do something again or we repent it. But it's another thing if our lifestyles don't actually match up with that repentance. And in my in my personal experience, now I'm 35 years old, the more I try to go into like repent mode of like trying to like repent in my flesh. What I'm trying to say is like or try to sometimes that you you got to do so like you might throw some stuff away or put some stuff in the like some stuff in the closet that are distractions. You know, um, you might need to yeah cut not cut off but separate yourself with some friends and you know explain to them why sometimes you just might have to block them because you'll be tempted to keep going back and hang around those same people to change your yeah playmates and play places as they say um it's a slippery slope because you can easily as you try to do those things in your flesh like you can start to slip into to mr religious mode or like i call this what i call myself mr religion when I like start Mr. Legalistic, doing all these legalistic things and structuring my life in such a way to where it's it's a slippery slope on that. But like there's this other this part of the middle, the balance part that said, you know, it's called abiding, abiding in, in the Lord and just having these conversations with the Holy Spirit and saying, Jesus, I do this all day throughout every day. I'm like, God, I need you. I need your help. I'm struggling with this area. I'm struggling with this temptation. This, 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 this. Lord Jesus, I need I need your help to be a better Christian, to be who you call me to be, to walk, to be your example, to be your light, to be salt, the salt of the earth. And there's a lot less pressure when you're abiding versus like trying to be Mr. Legalistic or Mrs. Legalistic religious person. But sometimes you got to start out that way. You got to do some radical stuff. I hope this is, this is landing with some of y'all. Alright, um, but it starts with this repentance that starts from turning to the Lord saying, you know, I'm going this way, let me turn. 
and I'm veering off the path, let me, Lord, help me to get back on the path that you have me on. I'm supposed to be on. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to your God. And you know, y'all know, it's like a thermostat. The Holy Spirit is like a thermostat. You know when you getting a little too off looking at stuff we shouldn't be doing or going places we shouldn't be doing. You like, I don't need to talk to you about, I'm not your God. That's always tell people like, I'm not your Holy Spirit. I'm not your God. Like that's between you and the Lord. He will guide you and order your steps and show you when you're veering off the path. All right. Like a thermometer when the temperature is too hot, too cold, just right. All right. Shoot. Then there's that one scripture that says, uh, I'd rather you be hot than cold. You know, that church later goes to see this lukewarm. Anyway, we'll get to that later. Verse nine. Don't just say to each other. This probably wasn't the best analogy. All right. Balance. Balance the Holy Spirit balance with him he'll balance you out better than anybody can like um like yeah when i used to play trumpet that's a better example i should play trumpet and or you play yeah or if you ever seen somebody tune themselves an instrument to the piano and they'll always keep playing a note over and over and over again and you keep playing until the pitch is just like the tonality and the pitch is just right not too flat not too sharp that's that's a better analogy with the Holy Spirit. He will he will tune you out. Like tune put you in tune. Alright, don't just say to each other, We're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing, for I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Verse ten. Even now the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. I baptize with water those who re- those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater than I'm that so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. It's talking about Jesus. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork then he will clean up the threshing area gathering the wheat into his barn but burning the chaff with never ending fire it goes back to that dross analogy we talked about earlier all throughout the new testament you're going there's going to be a lot of farming references so those of y'all into farming y'all will love this stuff the bap- this stuff doesn't resonate as much with me um because uh I've never really farmed before. Not for real. All right. The baptism of Jesus. When Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done for me. It should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. That's a beautiful phrase. Now, here's something very powerful. And I hope 
this sticks to you all and you never forget what I'm about to say. And even I have to remind myself of this. So Jesus, God said this about Jesus, his son. And it's crazy to think of the Trinity aspect because God is Jesus and the Holy Spirit is three in one. We won't go there right now. But anyway, God said this about Jesus, right? This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Those two phrases, right? You could actually insert your name. This is a good prayer that you can pray over yourself. This is my dearly loved son, Aaron, dearly loved daughter, Jessica, Jasmine, whatever your name is, who brings me great joy for those like when you've accepted under the condition that you've actually accepted Jesus into your heart and you're one of his adopted kids. Like you have to actually allow yourself to be adopted by him and accept, say, Jesus, come into my heart. I want you to be Lord, Lord of my life. Um, I repent of my sins and turn to you. And from this day forward, you know, you are my Lord and Savior. That's at the end of the podcast. I do the whole Romans road of salvation. That's what I'm talking about. Anyway, saying the sinner's prayer. But it goes, and that's kind of like the gist of it. Um, but because of Jesus, you know, as we read, I'm going to read about him dying on the cross for us. Because of, of him, only because of Jesus, we can insert our names here and know that God looks at us the same way. We're his dearly loved children. They bring him great joy. And even when you make mistakes, even when you slip up and sin and do things you know you're not supposed to, um, that's one of the hardest things, especially some of us that, you know, were considered the black sheep, sheep of our family. There are no black sheep in the kingdom of God. Um, there are sheep who get dirty. Um, anyway, that's a whole nother discussion. I could talk about sheep and goats. We'll get to that. But my main point is get this in your heart and your soul. This will actually help you be a better Christian. When you get this in your heart and your soul to know that there's nothing that you can do for God to disown you, to unadopt you. In this world, people like, yeah, spouses, parents, they'll cut you off. They'll do friends. They'll disown you. They'll cut you off. They'll throw you away like it's nothing, right? But God, when you're one of his children, he will never do that. He will never do that. And it's hard for even me to comprehend and understand because all I've ever known is that type of love, like conditional love in this world. My brother and my mom and my dad are probably the closest people I've ever, sometimes my kids, but those th three people, especially the only people that have shown me the closest to unconditional love. Anyway, I'm running out of time. Uh, stay tuned to be continued. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God 
and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen.